Father. As the Antichrist balloons of propaganda draw the attention of many away, I pray that our eyes will be fixed upon you. I pray that we will see you with just not a percentage of our hearts, minds, and souls, but with all of our hearts, minds, and souls. We trust in your warfare to shoot down all of these distracting balloons in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Cab user requested that we pray for their daughter, which brings us to Mark chapter 6, verse 46. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. This Gab user says, Hi, Andrew, please pray for our oldest daughter, Emily. She's working as a stripper in a big corrupt city. Our prayer is that Emily will glorify the Lord, will turn from this lifestyle, and live in the knowledge of who she is. She says, The prodigal will come home. Thank you. Now, I told this parent that their daughter is closer to hope than many and I prayed for her and I seek prayer for all of my children and grandchildren to know the Lord as well we should pray for each other and pray for each other's children Psalm 34:18, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit and sometimes we have to get go through the ringer of this life and maybe this is the case for this young lady who currently is in, in, the, in the stripper business. Now all I know is this, is that tragedy and disappointment is only a door knock away, yet we still must worship. Job is a great example. Job 1, 20 through 21 as we begin to read this book. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked came I... Out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This means all times, good and bad. I know it's not easy. May we bow our heads anyways. Psalm 34, 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And I will tell you this, my friends. I have learned that there is no family on this green earth that is exempt from drama. Self-inflicted or not. We even see this in the life of Jacob and his family in Genesis chapter 34, verse 30 through 31. And Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you, you have troubled me to make me to stink among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites. And I being few in number, they shall gather themselves together against me and slay me, and I shall be destroyed, I and my house. And they said, should he deal with our sister as with an harlot? So here we see that these brothers took some matters into their own hands without consulting their father, and their father was rebuking them for this. Uh, needless to say, this was drama, drama in the family. And there's not a family that will go, <laughs> that will ever be, that will not experience some sort of drama. Mark 6.56 Oh, yeah, and before we get into this verse, I don't care what type of dog and pony show you put on. Believe me, I've been in some churches where they put on this persona that their doo-doo does not stink. And believe me, I have a newsflash for them. Their doo-doo does stink. 
Mark 6:56 and whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country they laid the sickness the sick in the streets and besought him that they may touch it if it were but the border of his garment and as many as touched him were made whole. So here we see that it only takes one touch of the savior. This is it for your family, for your life. For the darkness that you may be experiencing in this world, it only takes one touch of the Savior, and you will never be the same again. Your marriage will never be the same again. Your family will never be the same again. Your life will never be the same again. We must never be so foolish to blame God. In Job 1.22, in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. No matter what we experience in this life, know that God has a plan for his people. Charles Spurgeon at Spurgeon Books tweeted, Faith in Jesus is the best cure for every care, the best balm for every wound. Free speech czar-elect Cragock replied and says, Job was always a tough one for me, especially this very first part. It just feels like God and Satan made a, made a post-turtle out of him. Poor fella. How can I better understand the strangeness and cruelty that is the book of Job? And I replied to Cragock, as I just stated, God has a plan for his people, and it is for good. His plan is always for good. He was saving Job from something. Job 42.10, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends, and also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. God has a plan. Now, sometimes this plan comes with much pain to get there. However, this plan always ends with much joy, period. But then, I know, I guess I'm the loony, loony one for preaching these things, for preaching the Bible. Mole Cricket says, so was John the Baptist. Wendy gives a quite a few prayer emojis. Thank you for the prayer, sister. Chuck says, preach, brother, preach. There are many more wise ones to confound. A.K. Arto says, but we still love you anyways. <laughs> Thanks, brother. And Peter Crosby says, if this is loony, then I want my life filled with loony people. <laughs> oh, God help us. Mark, Mark 6, 11, And whosoever shall not receive you nor hear you, when you depart, then shake off the dust un under your feet for a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in that day of judgment than for that city. So listen, my friends, you're not going to convince me of anything. Christian, anything. I say, Christian, anything without the Christian Bible. If that makes me a loony preacher to others, so be it. William Wolfe posted on Gab. He says, the Bible must be the foundation for moral philosophy. And I would argue, William, that the Bible must be our morality, period, which is more than just a theoretical basis found in philosophy. I just read an article entitled The Christian Perspective on AI by Andrew Torba, the CEO of Gab, that he posted on Gab News. And I read it a couple times to see if there was a single Bible verse reference, and there wasn't one. Well, here's a Bible verse for starters, brother. Job 5.12, he disappointed the devices of the crafty so that their hands cannot perform their enterprise. Free speeds are, Eli Cragock replies exactly, and this AI is also likely to be denominational, not simply Christian. He says, Christians have a sixth sense of sorts, the Holy Spirit. We don't need AI. 
at least not for the type of use implied here the last few days. He quotes John 14.6, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said unto you. And I agree. This is discernment that is given to believers by the Holy Spirit. This is the sixth sense, as you would say. 1 Kings 3.9 says, Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? So here we see that those that are, that are wise will seek God for this understanding, for this discernment. And this is not found in some sort of artificial intelligence, that is for sure. It's sort of like the discernment that's, that's told me the last couple of days that why are we in such an uproar over a Chinese spy balloon when China has TikTok? You tell me that one. Disclosed.tv reported yesterday from the Pentagon. The Pentagon says Chinese high-altitude surveillance balloon is currently over the center of the continental United States. Craigot continues in another post. Torbo's pushing hard for AI and not as a tool. He has contradicted himself on that a few times now. He says, I watched some John Lennox last night, author of one of the books Pope Turbo keeps promoting, and he even says we won't be able to use AI as any basis for ethics and consciousness. This is exactly what Torba wants to do, but then he walks it back after a backlash. Usually I give Torba some benefit of the doubt. Not this time. I don't think this even has good intentions. And he's not shy on that point. Well, I still won't say that his intentions are bad. I will say that he needs to get into the Bible more like we all do. Craig Ock, he also sent me an article entitled Chat GPT and the Rise of AI in which the author makes the following statement. He says, first, we need to avoid the pitfalls of viewing technology with either too much optimism or with undue pessimism. We must reject a reductionist worldview that sees all problems as reducible to technical problems that can be solved by technology. He says a trust in technology sometimes referred to as Technicism is essentially a form of idolatry. On the other hand, we should not view technological developments with the despair that they will inevitably threaten humanity. Now, I agree with this author. It seems to be some sort of a balance when it comes to utilizing any technology. But much of Torba's verbiage has been leaning towards a reductionist worldview, and it ought to be addressed. Because our problems are not going to be reduced for the sake of technology and because of technology alone. Torba posts a AI-generated meme or picture with some big supercomputer that has that that's lighting up a cross with which looks like a bunch of people bowing before it or working around it in some sort of old medieval church-like building. Dinsmore Sheepskin says literally. WTF is going on at the Gab headquarters. I saw the meme. I thought the same thing. And I don't know what Torbo is trying to say. He keeps on going back and forth. But obviously there's some sort of constant struggle that wants to lure us to one extreme or to the other. And such is life. But he does post on in a tweet on Gab AI 
yesterday. We're on the 2nd, February 2nd. He says, they want to make man a god, but ignore the reality God making himself a man, Jesus Christ. They want to defeat death while ignoring the reality of Christ doing just that. And through him, so too can anyone who repents and believe it, believes in him. So at the same time, Torbert goes back and forth. He, he, he says that AI is essential, and then he goes back and says that Jesus Christ is essential. So I would suggest that, as we all need to, for Torbert to get into the Bible. And if you're going to post a Christian perspective on AI in an article, I hope you would reference Scripture. Otherwise, is it really a Christian perspective? But yeah, I agree with Craig Ock. I've noticed that there has been some walking back, sort of embarrassing, sort of obvious. And when we're wrong, we're wrong. I would just simply say I'm wrong. I respect that. Mark 6, 12, and they went out and preached that men should repent. And so should we all. Repent. Every There's not a day that it goes by that you and I must offer forth some sort of repentance. He says AI is about to shift the fundamental reality of our entire society, culture, and world in this article. <laughs> and I ask the question, shift the fundamental reality? Is not the Christian's fundamental reality the word of God? Can this word be shifted by man? We read in Psalm 46, 5, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her and that right early. In Psalm 62, 6, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. So who is doing the shifting? Jeremiah 23, 29, is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? He goes on in this article, he says, It's only scary if we allow the enemy to take dominion over these new tools and use them against us as we unfortunately did with the last great leap in technology, social media. And again, I must say this over and over again, that the enemy takes no dominion. Any power that the enemy has, we did not allow it. Why do we want to keep putting our place, ourselves in the place of God? John 19, 10, 11, Then say it, Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? Jesus answered, Thou couldest have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore he that delivereth me unto thee hath the greater sin. And then we read today in Job chapter 1, 7 through 8, And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God, and escheweth evil? So here we see that not even Satan does anything the Lord does not allow him to do. Verse 12, And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power, only upon himself put not forth thy hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And when God moves out, Satan moves in. Satan is the god of this Antichrist world. God has given him rule over his Antichrist subjects. None of this Antichrist world can touch the people of Christ without God's permission. Period. He goes on in the article, You shouldn't be afraid of Christians building AI. You should be afraid of what will happen if we do not. 
Well, you can be afraid if you want, because all I know is that I got plenty of backup. Psalm 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that the fear them that fear him and delivereth them. So what now, Torba? The fear of Christians is based on what other Christians failed to do. Seek the Lord already, people. Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. This article continues, the printing press made the mass dissemination of knowledge possible while AI is transforming how people interact with technology and the world around them. Well, the printing press has been used, no doubt, to mass distribute the Bible, but the lack of the printing press in no way hindered the spread of the gospel prior to this. If artificial intelligence is transforming people at all, we have a problem. We know that it's the word of God that transforms. Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove that what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. Torba posted on Gab. He says, AI equals the printing press on steroids. Was the printing press the Antichrist? Or was it used to make the Bible the most printed and widely distributed book in all history to spread the gospel to millions of people and he posts a screenshot of a man standing by a press now the printing press did make copies of the bible we know this the ai spits out its own bible with its own conscience there are three types of artificial intelligence now torba in his recent video made a distinction and said listen this artificial general intelligence that has its own conscience, this is not what we're after. And he reiterates that he's after some sort of super search engine. But he goes on in this article and says, future generations will be shaped by whatever AI they end up interacting with on a daily basis across every facet of, of society. That is why we must build an AI shaped by the Christian worldview, that is to say, one grounded in truth. And my question is, why are we all of a sudden referring people to AI? Why is this so critical? Why are we not referring people to the Bible? Is not the truth that shapes our Christian, Christian worldview already exists called the Bible, the Word of God? Is AI a product of this world more powerful than the, this truth now? 1 John 2, 15-17, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If, if a man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. He says we can't miss the boat again. What boat, Torba? He continues, or we will risk losing yet another generation of youth to the pagans. Well, all I can say is that this boat of AI is not critical to future generations. I don't agree. Whatever happened to the boat of Christ? which is critical to future generations. Did the generation that missed out on the chariots that we read about in Isaiah 31.1, did they miss out on salvation? Isaiah 31.1, Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help and stay on horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong, but they look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. Torba continues in this article, the potential for counter-narrative truth operations by Christian dissidents using AI is unimaginable. Suddenly we can produce high-quality memes, images, and stories at an instant pace at no cost in a way 
they will never be able to stop. Imagine the possibilities. We can produce high-quality Christian content in a way that has never been possible before at no cost. Well, all I can say is this, Torbo, is how are you going to create high-quality memes and Christian content without the Word of God? You can't even create a high-quality article with the Word of God, let alone memes and Christian content. We're flooded with Christian content in this world. People need to turn to Christ and His Word. And because you cannot legislate. There's not enough content you can create that will ever lead to the legislation of the heart of men. Then they say, program AI so AI can learn the heart of man and then repeat it. No thanks. Yeah, that makes complete antichrist sense to me. Faith Endures had sent me a link with an article. She says, a friend sent me this link earlier. I knew the Baptist church was in dire straits, but did not know this had been brought mainstream in the church. She says, I almost did not have to look up who this pastor, loose term, was, but I did. The son of Charles Stanley, who, for all I know, may be a very godly man and brother in Christ. So I won't speak ill of him, except that he never struck me that he had the kind of fire that Paul Walsher has. She goes on, the stance Andy Stanley has taken on the subject has driven a wedge between himself and his father. In my mind, this, like so many other indicators, serves to remind me where we are on God's timeline. And she says the church is in deep trouble because of this. And I agree. I agree. There are just too many. And I replied that I've, I've read a little bit on, on this situation, but there's just too many of these cases these days, and it's very difficult to keep up with them all. I believe many of these preachers are just props for the sheeples to justify their sins. I, wouldn't even I would even suspect that many are heavily financed by the synagogue of Satan to continue preaching Zionist propaganda and this Antichrist debauchery. The article that she shared with me was entitled Southern Baptist Megachurch Pastor Joins Andy Stanley at Conference Promoting Gay Sex. And this is posted by disntr.com. Like some sort of short for the dissenter. The website's called the dissenter. So you can research it if you want. I'm not chasing these rabbits. It's like chasing the balloons. I'm just getting tired of it. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. Because these stories just keep getting greater and greater. I saw a tweet from Donald Trump back in August 20, 2020. As the law cabin Republicans posted President Trump made history for LGBT Americans. And nobody knows that better than Richard Grinnell. <laughs> and Trump replies and says, my great honor for being the greatest pro-gay president in history. He says, my honor. A Catholic gab user then replies to this and says, the jig is up, right? Right? It's all very simple. These Protestant churches were all conceived by men who disagreed with aspects of the true church. Catholic, instituted by Christ himself at the Last Supper. And I just simply replied, says the homo and pedophile priest, Listen, the one true church is those in Christ, period. And as for your infallible Pope, that's all that the world needs to know, that your church is not the one true. So give it up already. The Pope is Antichrist. 
Bonifacio replied and says the Pope isn't infallible. Rather, the Pope declares infallibility in certain circumstances. There is a difference. Well, I declare infallibility as well, and it's called the Word of God. That's why I preach the Word of God. I don't believe that the Pope is the Antichrist, but I do know, do know that he is Antichrist. He's obviously of the spirit of Antichrist. Even many Catholics will agree with this. Baptism, water, and spirit, replied on Gavin, says the Catholic Church was birthed at the Last Supper when Satan entered Judas. Well, I'll say this. There's definitely a, some sort of a seed planted, but in reality, the birth occurred when Constantine combined church and state, which exaggerated the hireling Judas class that we see today throughout all of so-called Christendom. All I know is this, is that evil men cannot e infiltrate evil churches. They are the evil churches. Even evil, 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 they're already there. But good men, the church, the elect, the Israel of God have infiltrated evil churches with the preaching of the gospel throughout history, praise the Lord. Original Nippa replied on Gab, evil men have infiltrated the church, yet all that some good men can do is tear apart other good men. Satan laughs as good tries to destroy good, saving him the trouble. Listen, my friends, unbelief is fully expected in our day. Yet we go to the villages to preach and teach anyways. Why? Because we're, we are tasked to preach the gospel to find the lost sheep. Mark 6.6, 6, and he marveled because of their unbelief and went around about the villages teaching. I do believe that Job was a man of belief who was tasked with his very mission. And that was, was to preach the truth. He was a true Christian who was a true speaker. Despite the massive trials that he faced in his life, in Job 1.1, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Now, none of this is e easy. None of it's easy. None of it. this comes without slaying a few demons in this world. Mark 6.13, and they cast out many de devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. Now, I'm not sure if I've ever cast out a devil, but I tell you this. I've asked the Lord to remove demonic presence in others' lives in Jesus' name. I've anointed others with oil who were sick. Because I don't think that these practices have expired. Nowhere in the Bible do I read that they have expired. Maybe the church, many that, that call themselves Christians, believe that this power has expired. And, and then they wonder why they can't preach against the politicians who mock marriage. Because the population is doing the exact same thing. We need more John the Baptist. Period. Mark 6, 17-18, for, for Herod himself had sent forth and laid hold upon John and bound him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philippi's wife, for he had married her, for John had said unto Herod, It is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. You think this was easy? To, tell, to speak truth to authority? You think that was easy? And Herod feared the word that John had brought to, them, brought to him. But they only fear right up until their power is threatened. Verse 20, for Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man and a holy, and observed him. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. But what did they do instead? They want the head of the John the Baptist. They want the head for political theater. 
We need to get out of these theaters and start preaching the gospel and gathering together and working together because there's a tremendous difference when two or more working together on a missions project. I preach solo with and I preach with a team and there's a clear difference. And I'm so glad that the Lord is leading my wife and I with yet another opportunity to go on a road trip this summer and to share the gospel. I'm so blessed to be able to work alongside my wife on these trips. She truly is a champion of the faith. And this is why we read in Mark 6, 7, And he called unto him the twelve and began to send them forth by two and two and gave them power over unclean spirits. Now, we're not going to be taking this trip by foot. As we read in verse 8 9, And God commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey, save a staff only, no script, no bread, no money in their purse, but be shod with sandals and not put on two coats. But best believe, if that's what God wanted me to do, that's what I'm going to do, because I put many miles on these dogs called feet. And I give all glory to Christ our King, who strengthens our very feet. Thankfully, the Lord has blessed us with an RV rental this year for our road trip. So, again, praise be to the Lord. Whether by feet or RV, praise be to the Lord. All I know is this, whether on feet or in RV, that these missions together have strengthened our marriage and have strengthened our relationship with Christ, and they will strengthen your relationships too. Get out there and serve the Lord. Mark 6.30 And the apostles gathered together themselves together unto the Lord and told him all things, both with it, which they had done and what they had taught. So we will be planning out our trip and our route, which is going to the west coast and north to Seattle. And you say, well, why are you doing so much planning? Well, because there's order in the church. As we read in verse 39 through 40, And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass, and they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And I'll tell you this, that the orderly are never hungry. And they did eat, and they were filled, verse 42. And now you know why so many are hungry. Even so many that call themselves Christians who scroll past the gospel on social media. And you think that they're going to turn into, tune into your AI bots? They can't even open the word of God. And then they wonder why there's so much chaos and clutter in this world. Why so many eyes are following after balloons. Verse 52, for they consider not the miracle of the loaves for their heart was hardened. I'm here to tell you my friends, trust in the Lord. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Psalm 34, 22. If you are not reading the Bible, you are reading Antichrist propaganda. Your eyes are following all of the balloons that they're trying to direct our eyes off of Christ with. And then so many wonder why they fear the things of this world. It's so obvious at this point. Charles Spurgeon at Spurgeon Books tweeted Spurgeon as saying, The fear of God is the death of every other fear like a mighty lion. It chases all other fears before it. So people were getting a little bit excited once they started seeing some airspace being closed off. A disclosed.tweet 
today said that the FFA closes airspace off of the coast of South Carolina. And it looks like it was to take down a certain balloon. Now, I find all of this interesting. And you can keep following these balloons if you want. You can be like the tattoo of old who says, Boss, the balloon, the balloon. From that old TV show series, the little guy that would say, Boss, the plane, the plane. Except next he's going to be saying, Boss, the light, the light. And I'm not talking about the light of Jesus Christ either. I'm talking about the light that we had to shout that we seen when there was a nuclear blast. And then following this, praise the Lord, little tattoo will be saying, Boss, the king, the king, as we see Jesus Christ uh, at his second coming, praise his holy name. So Disclose.tv did report that the U.S. military shot down the Chinese the Chinese spy airship over the Atlantic Ocean after letting it fly over the country for days. And I read this, days? Well, there must have been 10% for the big guy. I just can't make this stuff up. KJR0305 replied on Gab, says, This week here in Virginia, I lost Wi-Fi for an entire day because a tower went out. Same day, lost phone service from completely a different provider. Next day, a transformer blew up, and the town lost power for a day. Second time a transformer has blown in two months. Is this a coincidence? Well, my Christ sister, you and I both know that there are no coincidences within the kingdom of God. And I don't see it getting any better. I've said that over and over, and I'm not being pessimistic. I'm just being realistic in accordance with the a word of God. I just listened to Torba's cozy live stream, and he says that AI, artificial intelligence development, is for the sole purpose of some sort of a super search engine that can create some super memes. So whatever all of this means, and after listening to this message on AI, I am still not convinced that these AI systems are critical to the spiritual well-being of Christians. I'm not. Regardless of the Antichrist advancement in this field, I'm just not convinced of it. But I am convinced that searching the scriptures is. John 5.39, search the scriptures. For in them you think that you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. They testify of Jesus Christ. I will say one thing. Torba sure does believe in his tools. He even thanks them. And a gab AI which is now his Twitter page. His Twitter page is named Gab AI at Read Gab News. He says, understand that thanks to AI is so over for snobby soy creative lib types. He says, now I do not thank AI. I thank the Lord for the Lord is good. In Psalm 35, 18, I will give thanks in the great congregation I will praise thee among much people. Now, Torba had posted on Gab TV as well a link to that video that I watched. And it's entitled, Why Christians Should Not Ignore or Dismiss AI. <laughs> and then I posted in the article format of this today another picture of Tattoo saying, Boss, 
the AI, the AI. <laughs> oh, Torba. He says that the, the AI is the personification of the programmer, and this is exactly why I have no interest in the artificial intelligence race because we have enough pers personified idols already. We need to start turning to the person of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and then people will know the person of the Father and the person of the Holy Spirit. And this is the only personification that I am interested in plugging into, period. Psalm 35, 28, And my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all the day long. Now, in essence, Torba says that all this technology that we have today is artificial intelligence. And if that is the case, all I know is this, is that I use artificial intelligence. It does not use me. It's not going to put me in its ideological pig pen. I don't care who's programming it. Uh, I'm not sticking to any of it. Now, I use the internet because it's a place where I can publish the word of God. And as I seek the Lord and I ask him questions concerning his word, I publish that which he lays upon my heart and what I feel to be solid biblical application that will edify others and call others to faith that believes, repents, and works for the glory of God. Because if this AI is just a one-sided conversation that does all of the answering with the commandments of men, with, the lip, with lip service unto God, I don't have any use for it. I do not need a Christian nationalist AI bot that does not believe in the future second coming of Christ. I don't need it, especially to answer my questions. And if that means that my hands are unwashed, so be it. Which brings us to Mark chapter 7, verse 5 through 9. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why walk not the disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? He answered and said unto them, Well, hath Isaiah prophesied of you, hypocrites? As it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain they do worship me, teaching for the do doctrines, the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men. As the washing of pots and cups and many other such like things you do. And he said unto them, Full well you reject the commandment of God, that you may keep your own tradition. So here we see, I see a tradition that has formed in the land. And number one, that is not reading the Bible. Mark 7, 13, making the word of God none effect through your tradition, which you have delivered, and many like things do ye. Number two, I see that there is a reading of everything else but the Bible. Everything else but the Bible is critical these days. And three, I see that there's a praying to everything and everyone else but God. Now, if you asked chat gpt more questions recently than you've asked god you have a problem houston and then people wonder why they fall to defilement versus rising with righteousness i clicked on the gab explore tab on gab which highlights popular posts recent posts on gab and i was expecting to not find a single one of these popular posts reflecting a Bible verse, but I scrolled and I scrolled and then I noticed that Mike Lindell, the pillow guy out of all people, he came through with one. 
Like Lindell posted, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. As he quotes Deuteronomy 31.8. And this I respect. Now you know why I will not trust any AI. Gab AI. Gab GPT AI. Whatever. None of it. I don't even trust my own heart sometimes. The Bible says that the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Driving down the road and are force-fed with a sexually suggestive advertising sign. It enters your mind. Then the defilement comes from how we respond to this Antichrist entry. Are we going to be defiled? Or are we going to refute it with prayer and the Bible? Or are we going to fantasize upon it with lust? And I'll say this, beware. Because Antichrist fantasies, if they are fantasized often enough will always lead to some sort of antichrist reality and this is defilement mark 7:15 there is nothing from without a man that entering into him can defile him but the things which come out of him those are they that defile the man we can't do anything about driving down the road and seeing these signs it's not that which enters the mind it's what we do what's in our mind verse 20 through 23 and he said that which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man from within, are out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. All I know is that people are more worried about their unclean hands than their unclean souls. They think that no one can see, but I'm here to tell you that God can see your soul. He sees the dirt. Do unclean spirits have hold of your children's heart? Bow at the feet of Jesus, my friend. Mark 7, 25, for a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, heard of him and came and fell at his feet. The Daily Spurgeon posted today, a quote from Spurgeon, Paul and Silas sing in the stocks because their minds are at ease while Herod frets on his throne because conscience made him a coward. And here we see that cowards hide. You may be able to hide. You may be able to think that you're hiding, but you're never going to be able to hide Jesus. He will always find us. Mark seven twenty four. And from thence he rose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into an house and would have no man know it. But he could not be hid. You cannot hide Jesus. In our pride, we think that we're hiding. And then when the Lord comes to call us out, our pride will even respond with such things as, How dare you call me a dog? As we read verse 27 through 29, But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be called, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. And, he, and she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, For this saying, Go thy way, the devil is gone out of thy daughter. Here we see that humbleness will say, Thank you, Lord, for scratching my back and leaving me some crumbs on the floor. Here we see that faith is humble. Mark chapter 7 Verse 34 through 35, and looking up to heaven, he sighed and said unto him, Ephatha, that is, be opened, and straightway his ears were opened, and the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spake plain. I'm not a doctor, but from this passage alone, I can deduct that our hearing affects our speech. 
And all I know is this, is that speech is out of order today because hearing is out of order. And if you are dumb, you will follow dumb things such as balloons that distract us until the Lord opens your ears and you begin to speak his praise. Verse 37, and we're beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all these things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Verse 36, and he charged them that they should tell no man, but the more he charged them, so much the more a great deal they published it. So go preach the word of God. Understand that Satan is not permitted to do anything to God's people that God does not allow. In verse 6 through 7, the Lord said unto Satan, and this is in Job chapter 2, Behold, he is in thy hand, but save his life. So what are we fearing? So when Satan went forth in the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown, so be it. God's got our back. Don't forget the host of the angels. Because Satan cannot do anything to us without God's permission. And we must be careful when we go to seek others and other things for even advice. Because sometimes those closest to us will give us the worst advice. To include Job's wife in verse 9 through 10. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thy integrity? Curse God and die. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. And those same friends and close ones to us will, will bear our burdens for a time, but and then they will offer solutions. But if the solution is not Christ, they carry another burden. <laughs> they're, they're just going to weigh you down more, my friend. Verse 11 through 13, Now when Job's three friends heard of all this evil, that was came upon him. They came every one from his own pal, place. Eliphaz the Temanite, and Bildad the Shuite, and Zophar the Namanite. For they had made an appointment together to come to mourn with him and to comfort him. And when they lifted up their eyes afar off and knew him not, they lifted up their voice and wept. And they rent everyone his mantle and sprinkled dust upon their heads toward heaven, so that they sat down with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights. And none spake a word unto him, for they saw that his grief was very a great and so and that's so true sometimes a friend's grief is so great there's really no words that you can say you can only just uh, be there uh, for them and I understand that sometimes we want to get justice for our family or our friends that are grieving and that are hurting but I'm here to tell you my friends we do not bring terror on anything God brings terror Genesis 35, 5, and they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them, and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. The question is, my friend, are you a son? Because until God calls you Israel, you have not met God. Genesis 35, 10, and God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called any more Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. This is the true Israel of God, my friends. This is the one they hate. This is the one they counterfeit. And now you know why they accuse Christians with so much nonsense, Psalm 35, 11. False witnesses did rise up. They laid to my charge things that I knew not. 
And I'll conclude with verse 16 concerning hypocritical mockers and feasts. They gnashed upon me with their teeth. Now you know why they gnashed their teeth. And I've been seeing many teeth these days, and not many of them are smiles. Quit chasing the balloons, my friends. Quit chasing the balloons and keep your eyes on Christ where there are smiles of joy. I pray that this episode of Gospel was a blessing to you. And if you would like to become a team member of this Christ work, simply pray. Pray that God would use this podcast mightily for his glory. Share the episodes wherever you can and support with a subscription if you're able to do so. We are in this together, Christ friends. Keep up the good fight.